Welcome to an inspirational message from Creekwood Church. We hope that you have an encounter with God and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. Well, I want to get right into our teaching. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. And uh, we are in this series now, uh, as I said a few moments ago, called Daring Faith. Everybody say Daring Faith. Man, did y'all not like the bass in that video? <laughs> I was like wanting to rock it. You know, it's like they've got it cranking tonight. Um, it's for the 530. We know y'all are a little crazy, you know, uh, got a, former, a lot of former partiers that come to the 530. So we got we to gotta kind of crank it up. But we are in this series called Daring Faith, where um, we're talking about what does it look like for us to have daring faith. Now, I know a lot of us, when we think about daring being in front of faith, it doesn't really connect with us because maybe you've never thought about your faith being daring because you've kind of like said, I have faith, I, I believe in God, and I have my faith, um, I received Christ into my life. But the Bible tells us that faith is much more than just a belief system. And I want you to hear me tonight because I've said this every weekend, and I, I feel like we need to remind ourselves of this because this is something we forget, is that faith is, is more than a belief system. It is actually something that we trust God so much that there is action with our faith. And our theme scripture is found in nine, Matthew 9.29. It says, according to your faith. Let it be done to you. Let me say that again. It says, according to your faith, let it be done to you. In other words, this is amazing. This is Jesus telling us that, you know, that you and I get to choose how much God's going to bless us. You and I get to choose how much God is going to use us in our life. The Bible also tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God in Hebrews eleven six, 6. You know, the Bible also tells us, and this is so powerful. It says that if your faith does not have action, it's dead. So you can talk all day long that you have faith, but if there's not some daring faith, if there's not some things that you're going, I know this sounds crazy, but I trust God so much that I'm doing it. That's what daring faith is about. And tonight I want to talk to you about, I believe probably one of the I, I think for me personally, uh, it's an area that, that I've struggled with a lot in my life where God has done the most work in my life. And, you know, every once in a while I have different messages that I'm like, you know, this is something God has, has personally done in my life. So I, I, I believe you need this tonight. I, be, I believe what we're going to talk about tonight is, is it's so huge that you need to hear this tonight. And the scripture that I want to start with is in Psalms 45, verse 1. It says this. If you don't have your Bibles, it's going to be on the screen. Psalms 45, verse 1. It says, my heart is stirred by a noble theme. As I recite my verses for the king, my tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. He says, my tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. The psalmist is basically telling us this, is that my tongue is like a writer. And he's talking about what, what is a skillful writer? He is referring to a scribe. 
And for a lot of us, maybe we don't understand what a scribe is. A scribe would often script what a king said to him. Or a judge would talk to a scribe, would speak these words to a scribe, and the, the, the scribe would write that out, and then that would take place. A military general would speak some words to a scribe, and it would, he would write that out. For maybe, maybe you don't understand that part, but you could re- relate to maybe in theater uh, or in the movies, um, there's a script that the actors have to, they perform to a script. Or, for example, a computer programming. A program does what the script says to do. And so basically what is he telling us here is that he's referring to that the tongue, your tongue, the words that you speak, it's like a scribe that writes this script in which you live. He's saying, in other words, the words that come out of your mouth are setting the course for your life. Our lives, my life, you need to hear me when I say this, it, it, it moves in the direction of our words. Now, I've got my work cut out tonight because, listen to me, a lot of us what happens is, is that either we've never heard somebody talk about the power of your words, or maybe you've heard the other side where it's been abused, and church world has abused this in a bad way. Oftentimes, it's kind of been labeled like name it, claim it, like you just go around and just kind of begin to speak words of like, man, I'm going to get Alexa's. <laughs> you know, I'm getting, a, I'm getting a big old house, and we use it kind of, to, it's all about manipulating God and these crazy things, and you're like... Now, I don't know, I don't know about manipulating God. And then, so we've kind of pushed aside, or maybe you've never heard about it. And so we're just kind of speaking words. And we don't ever really think about the power of what comes out of our mouth. James chapter 3, verse 3 says, A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word, everybody say a word. A word word of your mouth may seem of no account. In other words, a word of your mouth may seem like no big deal. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything. I love this, what, What Ella Wheeler Wilcox said this about this scripture, she says, one ship sails east and another west while the same breezes blow. But it's it's the set of the sail and not the wind that determines where the boat will go. And so your words, what the Bible's telling us here in James is that your words are a steering wheel. They're, They're the steering wheel of your life. And a lot of people, listen to me, they wonder why their life is a mess today. And I believe it's they've underestimated the power of words. They've underestimated this and they've just kind of like said this is the philosophy they have in their life. Is like, you know, I'm just going to speak my mind. 
and we let negative emotions come out. Uh, we speak freely about whatever we feel, and we're like, I don't care what anybody thinks. I just tell it like it is, and we just kind of talk flippantly about everything. And what if I were to tell you that your life is what it is today because you have scripted With your words, you have scripted a story about your life. See, listen to me. I think this is an area that Christian or no Christian, it is an area we struggle with big time that we don't understand that our words are scripting our life. And the sooner you begin to realize And recognize the creative power of your words, the better off you're going to be. See, I think that a lot of us, man, our life is a mess and we still refuse to believe that something as small as words could have written the script that has created the chaos and created the damage of our life. We refuse to to believe that or to accept that, you know what? No, I don't believe that and my words don't mean anything. Well, the Bible tells us that your life is steered. It's the, it's the steering wheel of your life. Your words. Isn't it true that, that sometimes we just don't realize what we say? We just say stuff. I'll tell you a funny story. Um, a lot of y'all know that, that, that uh, um, I have a little dog that, like, he's, like, special. He's really, he's the smartest dog you've ever been around. Uh, it's Mr. Petey. I got a picture of him right here. Uh, he's 14. He's smart. No, I'm, t- I'm kidding. You know preacher's kids. They're a mess. Uh, but y'all want to see another picture? I'm just telling you, he's cute as all get out right here. All right. Well, he's kind of like my mother-in-law always says, my dog's a bad egg. She goes, that dog's a bad egg because he's always getting into trouble. Well, my wife tells, you know, she always says, your dog better this or you, you need to get your dog off the bed. You need to get your dog doing this and all this kind of stuff. And Anyways, um, my dog's really smart, and, and we've got something like a great relationship together. And uh, my wife asked me to put these new curtains up that she had just bought, and I, it took me forever to measure the right height. And she comes in, and I finally got them done. And she comes in, and she's like, that's wrong. You need to get them all down. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, what's wrong with that? It's like off a millimeter, but it's wrong. And she told me, she said, now take them all down. Take the, and I'm like, babe, I screwed that into the wall with a big old bolt. That puppy's never coming out, and I got it all down, and I'm getting it down. And she's like, now don't lay it on the floor because your dog's going to pee on that, that curtain. That's what she spoke over us. She spoke that. Those words came out of her mouth and she left. And I'm like, that's, my dog's not going to do that. I took the curtains down. I'm like, like I'm like, just, I'm messing with 50,000 curtains. And I'm like, I laid them on the floor and I'm doing stuff. And I walked out of the room for a split second. 
I'm telling you, I did not leave for it. It was not a second. I come back in, and Mr. Petey has peed on the curtain. I'm like, I'm like, Petey. I'm like, we better pack our bags. We got to go to Guatemala. Because we're dead. We are dead. I'm like, we are heading to Guatemala. And I'm like thinking, thinking, I'm thinking, what do I do? What do I do? And I'm like, I got to go find the curtain, right? You got to replace your deed. And so I'm getting on the phone call and nobody has it. I'm like, Bed Bath & Beyond, come on. Like somebody's got to have it. This is America. <laughs> Finally, in Fort Worth, the lady said, it shows we have one. So I drove over to Fort Worth and I'm like, racing over there to get it before my wife gets home. And I'm like praying to Jesus, please, Lord. I walk in there and I'm looking for this lady that I'd talked on the phone. And we go back there and she said, it shows on the computer we have one, but I don't see it. We walked around everywhere and she's like, here's where it's supposed to be, but it's not here. And I've been studying this sermon like the words come out of your mouth. I'm like, lady, we are going to find this in the name of Jesus. I'm not kidding. I was t- she was starting to think I was kind of weird. I'm like, ma'am, I said, I'm a pastor. I'm not kidding. I said this. I'm a pastor, and I- I'm just speaking this. Today. I was like, we are going to find this. I've got to find this curtain. She's like, sir, a lot of times it's a mistake on the computer. It doesn't show up. She told me all this stuff. I'm like, we're going to find it. We're digging through every single curtain in that place everywhere. And I'm just here to testify. That we found the curtain. My wife spoke a negative word over us, but I spoke the word. I'm just kidding. You know, that's a funny story. And uh, thank the Lord I got out of trouble. Um, and we can laugh about stuff like that. And, but, you know, a lot of us, our life is, is not a joke. And it's not funny. And our life is, is, it's a mess. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's relationships with people and family and all this stuff. Maybe it's at your job. And could I, maybe, maybe tonight you were to stop and say, you know what? I need to like stop for a moment and evaluate that maybe the, the life I'm living, it's because of the words that I am scripting, that I have been writing about myself, that I have been speaking over our life, that I have been speaking over our family. You know, it's very easy, again, to just kind of give in to this and, and uh, let our emotions, our worry and doubt, our fear take over the, the steering wheel of our life and let it drive us. And what does that do? It only leads to greater worry. It only leads to greater doubt and greater fear in our life, right? And this has been a, I'm just telling y'all, this has been a struggle in my life. I thank the Lord that I married a godly girl that constantly is reminding me of the power of my words. And it is so easy to just let your fear and let your emotions and all this kind of different things just kind of drive you. And you wake up in the morning and, you know, I don't know about you, but most of us that are normal, we don't wake up like in a great mood. 
There are some people in here that are, aren't like normal, and you wake up, and you're like, oh, it's awesome, new day. And I'm like, shut up. It's like, <laughs> I, can, I said shut up. I'm sorry. It's at 530. It's at 530, right? It's like we can say that at 530. Um, where was I? No, it's like, um, you know, it's just easy to just speak whatever. Like, for instance, to just say, I'm so upset. I don't know what I'm going to do. What is that going to help? Does that really help anything in your life? It doesn't. It just causes more confusion. Or, or what if you always say, I'm always a day late and a dollar short. If you speak that over your life continually, what, what are you doing? You're causing yourself to, to experience great discomfort. And not, you're not, by your words, you're not causing yourself to be at peace and and confident that God is taking care of your needs. It's just kind of leading to more frustration in your life. For some of you, maybe you're like, you know, you're like, man, you make me so mad. Or, or you are driving me crazy. And I'll just say this. So you don't get out of crazy talking about being driven too crazy. You don't get out of crazy like that. So these kind of words that cause these, these, these feelings, the words that you're using to describe your emotions and your feelings, and maybe you are describing the reality of your life. What are you doing? You are causing something to grow through the scripting of your life. What if I were to tell you tonight that if you were to change your words and begin to speak the right words over your life, do you know it takes great discipline to do that? To speak the right words over your life to begin to speak, maybe not what you feel. Maybe it's not the reality that you see around you, but do you know that God's word trumps the reality of your condition? God's word trumps the reality of your emotions and your feelings. And maybe you're here tonight and you are, have struggled with abandonment or addiction or whatever. You're like, man, we've always... Our family's always been addict. We've always been addicted to something. We've always had dysfunction. Or, man, I, I feel rejected by my dad or my mom or whatever. And you, you're speaking that over your life. And it's just kind of the script of your life. And you're writing a story. What if you were to stop and say, I, I need to take inventory of the words that are coming out of my life because it is writing a story. It is steering my life. It is scripting my life. See, what what happens is that if you keep following the script that you're speaking over your life, it will soon become a self-fulfilling prophecy in your future. Like some of you are, are saying, I'm a horrible dad. I'm a terrible mom. I'm not a good, I'm a bad mom. I'm a bad mom. I'm a bad dad. I'm a bad parent. And that's the scripture writing. That you're speaking over your life. Even Satan uses those words. Do you know that Satan has a plan to destroy your life? We know this by John 10.10. It says the thief does not 
come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Your words. Listen, Satan is waiting for you. He wants you to speak the wrong words because he, you, when you're speaking those words, he's going to go, yep, you keep speaking that because I told you this is what's going to happen in your life. But the moment you choose to change your verbiage and you, you begin to change the script of your life, what are you doing? You're beginning to you give God something to work with. Do you know that your words have creative power? Do you know that this world was created by words? Do you know that you are saved by your words? Let me explain it to you. The Bible says if we confess our sins, you spoke some words that you confessed your sins. You said, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I, come, I ask you to come into my life. Those were words that brought Jesus Christ into your life. That Those words are what made heaven go, yes, that's the words we've been waiting for. Listen to me. You may not believe this or really understand this, but do you know that your words, they cast the final vote? On one side, you've got reality and your emotions and what the enemy is telling you about you and telling you about your life, and the other side is what God says about you, and your words are what are casting the final vote. You don't believe me? Listen to this Scripture in Matthew chapter 12, verse 37, it says, By your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Your words are, they, they cast the final vote about your life. So if you want to write this down, use your words to, to identify yourself with who God says you are. You know, we talk a lot about identity theft. And this is a big deal in our culture right now, and people are paranoid about identity theft. But do you know that there's nothing more dangerous than when you let the enemy start to steal your identity and put labels on you and label you with certain verbiage that you believe and that you've believed it so much, you're still speaking it. You're still talking about it. The self-condemning verbiage that you speak over your life. See, I know what some of you are thinking, and, and you're like, well, Pastor Stephen, I like this, and this is really cool, but I'm a realist. And, like, if I start doing that, I'm like, like, I'm denying reality, and I just speak it like it is, and I speak it like I see it, and... And what if I were to tell you that, that, that what God says about you is really the reality? That what you're seeing in front of you is just a smoke screen of the enemy trying to destroy your destiny. Trying to destroy your future. Trying to destroy your purpose. It's just a smoke screen until you see the reality of really what you need to see. And see, this is where it's daring faith that you begin to speak words that maybe don't make sense when you start saying, you know what, my husband is godly. He is a wise, wise man. And you were like, no way is he that. Now that's stretching it. 
But we're talking about daring faith. You begin to speak that over your life. Like, you know, for some of us tonight, it's hard for you to say you love your family. Because there's lots of times that you don't love your family. There's a lot of days that you're like, I do not love my husband right now. Because he's getting on my last nerve. Or you don't love your kids. But do you know that as much as we can talk about this and that and how people agitate us, you know if something were to happen to your kids or something were to happen to your wife or your husband, you would be devastated. So it tells me something that deep inside of you, it, it's, it's there. And what you need is, is you need to cultivate that. So what you begin to say is, is I love my family. What are you doing? You're cultiva- cultivating the love that you need to have for your family. It's there. When you say, I love my kids, you are beginning to, to cultivate. This is why you need to use your words to inspire and develop yourself. And what the life that you want, when you begin to cultivate this, and you begin to cultivate those feelings and, 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 and what's going on in your life. Why? Because it, it, is, it, it is feeding something that is there. You hear people say this, man, I hate my job. And I'm like, well, why don't you quit? Well, I don't know. What most of the time what happens is that there's probably something outweighing the negative or you wouldn't be at that job. There's probably something deep inside of you that you realize that this is God's plan and God's purpose. And you know what? I may not like my coworkers that much and I may be a little unhappy with what I'm doing, but you know what? I am going to choose to believe that this is a blessing from God where I'm at today. I'm going to choose to believe that this job is is where God wants me, and so I'm going to begin to say on my way to work, I love my job. I love my job. Some of you are like, you're crazy. (laughs) I'm not saying that. I love my job. I love my family. What are you doing? You're cultivating, you're cultivating something that God has put inside of you. You need to cultivate that. You need to continually feed that by speaking the right words over your life. And listen again, this is this is so important. I think a great example of this is in Psalms 122, verse 1, where the psalmist uh, he said this, and I like if you grew up in church, you probably heard this, and you probably remember the time that you were like, he was glad that he went to church. Because some of us grew up in church and we like hated going to church as a kid. Like, how many of y'all used to fake being sick? <laughs> and your parents would say, now if you're not gonna go to church, you're gonna be sick all day long, right? And you're like, you got healed. He says, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. And you, you read a lot of the writings of the psalmist. He was very honest about the enemy coming in into attack, the enemy doing this, the enemy doing that. And listen, we don't know if he really loved going to church and being in the house of the Lord. He's saying this 
I, I want to dwell in the house of the Lord. Do you know that if he said, I hate going to church, he's not going to want to go to church? And some of you, listen, this is what comes out of your mouth. You're like, you know what? My wife is making me go to church or we got to go to church. And this is what you were like, man, I don't want to go to church. You know, there's college football on and why do I, we got to go to church? And that's kind of what you're griping about. Some of y'all, I'm touching a nerve. I can tell. (laughs) But do you know that as long as you keep saying you don't like church, you're not going to love church. You can gripe about a lot of stuff. You could gripe about, I mean, I'm just telling you, you, there's lots of stuff that you can gripe about. And what if you were to change that verbiage in your life and say, you know what, we're going to discipline ourselves to begin to speak what we know God wants us to, to say in our life. And listen, this is where it's important for you to find people that will hold you accountable. That will help you because, listen, our default in our nature is to want to speak junk, to want to speak negativity, to want to speak what our emotions feel, what, what, what we sense and what we see as reality. And what if you were to tonight say, you know what, I am going to make the biggest decision of my life that I believe it's going to cause me to flip the script and I'm going to make one small decision, and that is I'm going to be careful about what comes out of my mouth. I'm going to begin to speak life over my life, begin to speak life over my kids. Just kind of take inventory of it. Listen, I know in the room like this, with this kind of crowd, there's a lot of people that pain, is, it runs deep. And pain has a way of defining us. Rejection has a way of defining us. And so I don't know what kind of pain you've been through in your life, but I, I know it's real. And it's easy to spend our whole life scripting that story of writing it out in our future and continuing that. What if you were to change that script? And start by making a small decision to say, God, this is taking such daring faith to begin to speak differently about my life, to begin to speak differently about my marriage, to speak differently about my kids, to speak differently about my finances, to speak differently about the job that I have. That I'm going to walk through the the doors of my job, and I'm going to say, I love my job. God, show me the purpose. Show me the plan of why you have me here. God, I love my marriage. I thank you that you've given me my spouse that is in my life. God, would you show me how to be a better husband, better wife, and begin to speak that over your life? You know, tonight, I want to ask you to bow your heads and just close your eyes for just a few moments, and we're going to pray. You know, I didn't say this in the 4 o'clock service, but I really feel impressed to say this tonight in the 530 is that you know, as much as we can talk about how words that have, from, have been spoken from other people into our life 
and how powerful the labels have been that people have spoken over us. And some of us remember those. Maybe your dad, maybe your mom, somebody said words to you that have, man, they've been so painful. You know, as painful as those words are, I I want you to hear me when I say this tonight. The words you say to yourself are even more powerful. What you speak to yourself about yourself is way more powerful than what anybody else says about you. You know, on one side, it just, you hear me talk about this and you're like, this just seems too simple. That my life would be steered by my words. And you've spent your life complicating your journey, complicating your life. Been right in front of you all along. It's been about the words that you've been speaking. What is going to give you momentum, what is going to catapult you into your future, it's beginning to speak what God says about you. Begin to speak daring faith words. And let that begin to script your life. Father, thank you for every person here tonight. Thank you, God you love us. I thank you that you are the God of second and third and fourth and fifth chances. 20 billion chances. Father, would you show us tonight? Would you open our eyes and open our mind and open our soul to the power May we, with your strength, begin to declare daring faith as words of faith. May we become so stubborn about your faithfulness, so stubborn about who you made us to be, that nothing the enemy could ever do, ever say or label us is going to be able to write our story. That our vote tonight is to agree with what you say about us, God. So we're going to speak that. Father, we thank you. We pray for your strength and your power in our lives. We thank you for this tonight, Lord. And everyone said, amen. Thank you for listening. For more messages and information about Creekwood Church, visit us at creekwoodchurch.com.